Hello friend, welcome everyone to Almost Cancelled, I am Peter, that is Connor, and we are going to talk about Mr. Robot Season 4 Episode 6, it's called 406 Not Acceptable. So, full spoilers for the episode, as always, and, you know, I think last week we said we expect this episode at the very least to sort of be before the actual meeting, you know, the, the, the Davis meeting. Um, I'm convinced there's at least another two now before we get to the Davis meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it would not surprise me. I mean, I don't think they can drag it all the way out to the last couple of episodes, but I mean... No, because we saw the time at one point in this episode, and it was like 3.30. 3 yeah. 3.30, okay. Yeah, but I mean, we are getting like, you know, like it's not quite 24 levels of real time, but it is definitely only a few hours per episode, these last couple. It so, is, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, which I'm just kind of liking. I'm liking just how condensed it is over like, the Christmas period. It's not, it's not like, you know... Like most TV yeah, shows, episode. yeah, it would be a Christmas episode. Yeah. Then we'd be in New Year's already. This is very much. It, it's making this whole meeting and the build up to it feel like it really is the climax of the show because everything is kind of moving in slow, kind of real time towards it. Everything. There's so much prep for all the characters to get into place and all these challenges. Yeah. There's kind of a rush to it, uh, which I really like. So I just wanted to mention that, and just as the season as a whole so far, I have that feeling, and more so in the last couple so and it, it seems to be getting slower as we go through the season as well um in terms of how much time is passing yeah yeah yeah, yeah. uh so there you go uh so we'll, we'll uh get, get kicked out of the episode then i got my notes here ready to go uh we start off with vera or vera i was calling vera but some people pronounce it vera in the show so i'm not entirely sure which one i should be using is this one of those where even in the show they pronounce it differently i'm sure i think i've heard it both ways in the show yeah I'll be honest, I don't really notice either way. You know, I just I just hear the name and I know who the character is, so I don't really register how they're saying it. Yeah. Vera would be my instinct, but uh, some characters are definitely pronouncing it Vera. So, I mean, Vera, Vera, potato, potato, what, 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 do, you, what yeah. do you want? This uh, is far from the only TV show guilty of that. So, he's got Krista in her house and she's tied up. And he's telling this wonderful Xmas tale, as he puts it, uh, of a little bitch and a bully. Yeah. Joe, you know <laughs> before we just even get into this whole yes. story, I have a pet peeve. I hate people who actually say Xmas. Like, I absolutely understand writing it. But when you're saying it, it takes the exact same amount of time. It's, it's, you're not saving on any syllables. It's just pointless. And it infuriates me. Well... I mean that's okay, but like he is a villain. He's a bad character, so I think it, it fits in this case. Uh, you you think this is this is their attempt to make me hate him more? I'm just saying it goes along with it, right? There's a lot of things that villainous characters will say that good characters won't, and this is another <laughs> example of. Uh, yeah, it, it's usually along the lines of killing people or something like that. Not not Xmas versus Christmas. I'm just saying it adds to it adds to his douchebaggery uh, persona. Yeah, I'll be honest, the little bitch story was probably enough to do, to do that. Well, I'm not going to argue that. Of course it's enough, but like, <laughs> you know, you could do both. Like, it's, sure, just, it's an sure. option. Uh, so we have him telling the story about uh, this Christmas morning. The, the little bitch gets the baseball bat for his Christmas, and he ends up whacking the bully with it across his face. And obviously there's more to the story that comes later in the episode. Uh, and I think Krista, of course, later on reveals she's thinking, what basically I was thinking during this story is that you were the little bitch. This was your origin story. I, I think even by, by the time he gets to the end of the, the story, he's like, well, and, and you, you're my bat. Yeah, uh, so it really, in your head, connects him to being the little bitch who became yeah, and the, the boss. Yeah, that's assuming you weren't thinking that already, which you probably were, because that's you know usually how these stories go. He actively does that work for you. Yes. So, uh, the only thing I'll tell you what to notice about uh, this scene is um, just how nice the lighting was coming through the windows. Oh, it was gorgeous, wasn't it? Is oh, this, uh, yeah, it was the first thing you notice. It's this kind of late morning light coming through. Um, yeah, and it just streams in onto the counter. Yeah, really, really nice. Uh, the There's always a nice sense of like sort of cinema... Uh, that's what I'm looking for here. Like, you know, when like titles come up and it feels very kind of epic because it feels kind mm. of prominent. Um, it always has that in this show, but I really felt it here because he started moving towards. It was when he started moving towards her after standing at the counter, you know, peeling his uh, was it grapefruit? I can't remember. Um, 
and he he comes in it's when he starts moving that the the, the shot finally goes wide and that's when it says you know usa network presents and then yeah an association with blah blah, blah. and it just it was a really nice kind of motion to it it really kind of set up the episode and then we go to elliot in a cafe uh, who's on a phone call with darlene who's at our place or angela's old place and uh, they're just kind of like prepping for the thing there's a whole little emotional beat where darlene like picks up the the ballet shoes, shoes. Yeah. and you know it's a little beats like that uh, elliot kind of does try to connect a little bit he says hey when i said that i didn't want you back in my life i was being an asshole so you know there's a little bit of bonding here and she's like hey keep that app in your phone i want to know where you are at all times i don't want to lose you again it's actually for, for, given the, the the standard we've had this season it's been a, it's a really nice pleasant conversation between them which makes sense given how we ended the last episode with them it does it's just following up from that uh but of course when darlene tries to leave dom is standing there with a gun pointed at her uh, and we knew she was going to be coming because of uh, last episode again. Uh, Janice sent her on that path. Uh, whereas on Elliot's side, uh, Leon, who we've not seen in a while, uh, comes in and gives Elliot something. Of course, we, we realise later what it was, but, but at this right point... right now, you, you're not sure. Uh, he makes a comment about recognising the place, and I, I, they made me think, this is, uh, this is the same uh, coffee place as the very first episode. Oh, is it? I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's obviously renamed. It's it's because uh, I, I after he said that I was looking at it and I was like, oh, maybe. Um, so this is obviously you know under new ownership, but uh, yeah, it's the same place. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. Um, so uh, I think he had a really nice line here actually, where he said, uh, you know, be strange, Elliot, but don't be a stranger. I actually kind of like that line <laughs> as yeah. he's as he's saying goodbye. Uh, but. And, uh, I think the important thing here is he says, you know, hey, I, I'm I'm freelance completely now, oh, yes. so I'm not working for the Dark Army necessarily. If if I mean, if they pay me, I'll do the job. No, but I'm available to you if you need me as well. Which might become relevant later in the season. Uh, yeah, Chekhov's Leon, one might call. <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov's yeah. Leon. <laughs> I, I'll be okay if I see him, you know, do, doing something cool again. Uh, and when Elliot goes to the queue, uh, you know, to buy some coffee, he he asks where Mister Robot is. He's kind of already standing. It's almost as if Mister Robot was saving his place in queue. There's no one behind him, but it's almost like he was saving his place in yeah. queue, uh, just visually, There's, which is a nice touch. And and again, this is kind of that reappearance because I don't think he was in the last episode at all. And no. I don't recall him there. No, no, I don't think so. I think it was very intentional that he wasn't. Yeah, because obviously, you know, Elliot wasn't speaking, so. That there was no dialogue to Mr. Robot either. Yeah. I mean, there's been plenty of great quiet moments with them, so he could have appeared, but no, they made the choice not to. It was all him and Darlene. Yeah. So, um, Mr. Robot's kind of trying to talk about whatever he's going to do. He's like, hey, you're going to cross a line. We shouldn't do this. And Ellie's like, oh, we've already crossed lines. And that's when the narration comes in a little bit again. Uh, it just kind of reiterates what they were talking about is that, hey, yes, there's lines that have been crossed and maybe, you know, we can't go back again kind of thing. So it's really building up that he's about to do something kind of vicious that we don't, we're not quite sure. Yeah, yeah, we don't sure exactly what, but he's about to cross one of his lines. Yeah, um, uh, we do know from this scene uh, that it is going to do with Olivia because they bring her name up, but we again we don't know exactly. Uh, I guess the obvious assumption is it will involve her uh, custody because that's been brought up before of her son and using that against her because Elliot wanted to do that before the the, the Christmas Eve party, um, which is actually a weird thing. It just it occurred to me that oh yeah, that was only just the night before for the characters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it feels like it was a while ago because it was like three episodes ago now, but like it was actually just the night before. Yeah, this this series in particular is going to be very bingeable. Oh, very, very. I, I feel I feel like um, I almost want to binge this season over Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Just to, you know, just yeah, like we're not going to be busy. <laughs> I mean, we might be busy. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We got a lot hey, of Netflix shows, I suppose. Yeah, I was going to say we got at least two Netflix shows like that week. Yeah, and Expanse is on then. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping we might have got that done by Christmas. We may have done. Yeah, it's a wee bit earlier. Yeah. yeah. I am looking forward to the expanse though. Ah, it's gonna be good. Season four, baby. Season four. Just um, happy that it exists. So and then we cut to uh Dom and Darlene. Uh, which basically amounts to, you know, why you're here, where's your brother, you know, Dom's really adamant about asking about Elliot, uh, and when she's like, I don't know, he's still in the city somewhere, she calls Janice. Uh, I do want to note, note, though, that Janice, when she's on this call, she's still working on that dog yeah. <laughs> that she got a couple yeah. of episodes ago, uh, but every shot of her in this episode, or in, not in this episode, in this scene, 
uh, is through the big magnifying glass that she's using for her taxidermy, which made her look very sinister in a really sort of uh, almost cartoony way. Yeah, it's just, it's that, you know, blown out of proportion. Yeah. Uh, and at the end, when she like smells it, does it, oh, there you are, sweetheart, and smells at the dog. Um, very creepy in a really silly way, but definitely... She is kind of terrifying, isn't she? Oh, she's got a really good moment later, actually, I'll get to it, but yeah, yeah. she is. Uh, so then we get to Olivia's, and Elliot's there, he's, he's brought the, uh, the, uh, actually, it was Peppermint Mocha, I think it was, but I did note down, they said it was Christmas in a cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, His, he looked so uncomfortable even saying that. I know. Um, yeah, why is Peppermint associated with Christmas? I don't... I never associated with Christmas before. I have, uh... Or mocha for that for that for that matter. I, I'd have thought like cinnamon, nutmeg. Those are Christmassy sort of drink things. Yeah, cinnamon. I can see cinnamon. I mean, nutmeg is a Christmas drink. I just I would uh, avoid it as much as humanly possible. I mean, that, that, yeah, this is not taste. Uh, yeah. You know, you know, I'm not saying oh I like all these things. I just those are the sorts of flavors and spices I associate as Christmas drinks. Yeah. Peppermint? Eh, not really. I don't really do Christmas drinks. I have to admit. Yeah, I don't either. It's not, it's not a thing I'm... I'll, I'll do, like, some mulled wine and and mead and... and like, like I'll, I'll use Christmas mead. as an excuse to enjoy things I, I typically try to avoid for health reasons, but, I mean, nothing that's actually Christmassy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, you know, whatever. Uh, so, I actually took a lot of notes here about the... Uh, about the, the, the direction, the camera work in this scene. Uh, where you know he comes in, she's kind of happy to see him. You know, it's kind of awkward because he he just kind of stands there. She's like, "Oh, do you want to come in?" Yes, comes in, and she's happy to see him. She takes a drink. Uh, she 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 holds his hand, and when he brings up some stuff, uh, he, you know, he brings up uh, your clients, and then mentions where she works, Cyprus National Bank. Uh, I, the, the the camera shot here was wonderful because it had two steps to it. The first step. Was it was sort of a profile shot, right? And I don't like what you say. It didn't really track in that much closer, but it kind of felt like it did because it kind of like uh, went around and sort of came around her face, and it it felt like it felt like the the truth of the scene, if you will, was closing in on her, right? It felt like it was kind of getting closer and closing in. But then the beautiful part of that is though, when it got to the end of that movement, the camera then went down to the hands. And we see her hand pull away from his as she starts to question who he is, why he knows what he knows, why he's here. That was a weird thing to say, very intimidating. Uh, it was just very, very well done. Uh, is, oh, it was excellent, yeah. Is, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and he, he kind of you know, says, hey, the people you work for, they're awful and they, they, they're behind all these various tragedies and wars and I'm going to take them down. And to do that, I need you to call your boss. Like, this is basically it. And hmm. she's like, wait, why do you know where I work? And he's like, I hacked you. And she's like, what? <laughs> like, you know. And he just says again really calmly. Yeah. Uh, he's, you know, he's, he's been very calm. He's been very succinct. Um, now, admittedly, I don't necessarily think he offers up some of the vital details necessarily. And especially later, because later on, we kind of get a bit of more information for us that gives us maybe a, a second option, a second path of like dialect or dialogue that, would, that could go down. Uh, we, don't, we don't know at this point, though, but it's still, the way he's doing it is very kind of uncaring as to how she's taking it, which is not surprising for Elliot, admittedly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's it's slightly surprising, given that he did have a genuine connection with it, but cl- clearly, you know, this is, you know, the whole thing, though, this was a, a line he was crossing, that, well, that yeah, this that, was that, someone he was starting to care about. Yeah, well, that's the thing, though, like, this is far more impactful because it's someone that he did care about, because he did yeah. form a connection, and we cared about that connection in that episode. Um, and also at the end of that shot I was talking about at the very next shot it cuts to the opposite side of them so it actually crosses the line in the cut so it's all, again, another visual representation of okay we've actually we have literally crossed the line in the scene yeah. uh, that, that's where the line crossing happened and even even though of course there's bigger revelations to take in this here but you know he says you're using you and she's like they're, you, they're using me you know like you're using me you're, you're <laughs> trying to force me to call my boss yeah uh, the, the audacity <laughs> Because the goal here, of course, is for her to call her boss so that her boss will log in because he needs him to log in so that he can steal his password and stuff like that. Because obviously they've done all these hacks already, they've got the stuff in place, but they need that to happen to get the final details they need to achieve, uh, you know, the the heist, essentially. Uh, So when he says the question, because she says, leave, I want you to leave right now, and he's walking towards the door, he says, 
what happens if you fail a drug test and again i note down the camera movement here um she's got a lot of headroom as she as a lot of shots of mr robot often do but it does track in slowly which is do we know that's a pretty standard technique is when someone realizes something when it dawns on them what's happening in the moment the camera tracks in i think this tracks in slower than than is usual in those moments though. yeah yeah it's very slow um, and it's not the only example in this episode of it happening either. It's a, it happens a few times. And then the other big visual thing I want to mention here in terms of the camera work is once Elliot sort of steps back into kind of his main place for the rest of the scene, I noted that his framing, um, there's a sort of like doorway behind him, but unlike the obvious thing to do, which is to frame him inside the door frame and have it sort of border him, he's actually like overlapping the edge of it. Now, in some scenes in a lot of movies and TV shows, this will just be happen to where he's standing. There won't be any meaning behind it. This being Mr. Robot, and given the fact that earlier on, Darlene was perfectly framed in a door frame. When she was on the phone yeah. to Elliot, there was, she was like in the door frame and we were looking from the other room and it was perfectly around her. I think that's just a very clear little visual thing to show that he's out of normalcy, if you will. He's out of it's, his... It, it, it's again crossing the line, yeah. right, of, of the of the of the door frame. He's out of the boundaries. He's you yeah. know whatever way you want to put it. Yeah. So just another little visual thing there. Um. So she says, "What are you talking about? I've been clean for eight years." And this was the, the final thing I noted in terms of the camera work because this shot was beautiful. As he says, "No, you're not." And there's a slow pan down to the. And I know that you can't pan down the way, but it's also panning while it goes down. That's what I mean. Don't no one correct me in the comments. It pans to the coffee cup, and then it keeps <laughs> it, does, it, yes. it, it pauses there for a minute, and then pans again up to her, and she you know realizes and it's like you drugged me, and it's like it's this perfect moment of us getting what he means, and then the visuals clearly showing it, and then at the end of the realization we see her reaction to it, her horror, and it was actually at this moment I got very worried, and uh, it was something that obviously would come out to play later, but. They made a big deal in her big episode a couple ago about what her addiction meant to her and what her getting over and the thought of going back to her addiction, well, you know, the thought of relapsing, what that meant for her and how she combated that. So the yeah. idea that he circumvented it and has put her back on this against her will, which is a especially shitty thing to do, because this is the thing. She says in this uh, scene, because he says, like, uh, oh, you'll get over it. Like, because she's like, you drugged an addict. He's like, oh, you'll, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll, you'll, you'll get through it. And she's like, look, you may be able to slip up once in a while and it's no big deal, you'll, you'll go back to being fine, but, like, it ruins me. Like, I, I, my life just crumbles when, whenever I'm on this stuff. And I, I think it was just this this arrogance from Elliot that, like, this will be fine. And, like, just how uncaring this truly is that he's done this I to her. I, I don't think it's... it's Okay, it's, gonna sound odd. it's not quite... In his head, it's not quite as malicious as it seems to us mm. because I think he genuinely does think that he's done this before right you know he, he's he's had addiction problems and slipped up and you know like you know he's he's managed to just get back on it and i think he just assumes that everyone else can be the same that she'll just get over this i, I don't think he thinks that it is quite as bad as what it actually is i think the other element here to this as well is that you know she she had all these problems and she was you know from the sounds of it in a very bad state for a period of her life and she genuinely got through it and has achieved a pretty normal, relatively happy life. I say relatively because, you know, she has got joint custody of her son. It's not like she's in a happy marriage, but she, she is a bit lonely. But she's got a good job. She, she's been, you know, clean for eight years. She's relatively doing the right thing and being, you know, relatively successful from it and relatively happy. Uh, hmm. Elliot is someone who has not, you know, gotten over anything. He, he may not be in the drugs anymore, but he is still messed up. Uh, you know everything he, every scene with krista proves it. every scene here with olivia proves it he is he is I, far I, from healed pretty much every scene with everyone and elliot <laughs> true, true. every scene with elliot and himself proves that because he just starts talking to other personalities so the idea that he's pulling someone back into their craziness uh almost as a selfish thing because he hasn't been able to get out of his you know like there's that kind of element to it uh, I think really from, it makes it a really dark thing, uh, even if it's not something he's intentionally aware of. And I think he isn't super intent and, and you know aware of it, but becomes more aware of it during the episode. And it's one of the things I love that it does with the Mister Robot narration. When we come back to the, them in a little bit, but um, but yeah. So you know, she's like, hey, you need to phone your phone because you know, I think I think he ends the scene with saying, you know, if if you don't do this, you're going to lose your son. And I was like, yeah. well, come on, Elliot, <laughs> like that is like 
super dark shit like right there and, and that is very much crossing the line uh, by his standards i think more so to him than than the actual drugging yeah, yeah the whole thing's a line cross and obviously oh, mr okay. mr robot clearly thought that the first part was a line cross because he was trying to talk him out of it oh oh definitely yeah um but i, uh, I think let's say uh i think elliot sees the you know the actual using the sun to coerce her uh you know as someone who is relatively speaking a good person you know by by the standards of this show a very good person um and using that to to coerce her is probably worse to him than uh than putting the drug into her system i mean you say that as if it's an obvious one that is worse they're both pretty tenuous <laughs> they're pretty bad yeah I, I, I don't know which one is obviously worse than the other i mean one is you'll lose your son forever the other one is you're now addicted again to something you 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 quit a lot like i think worse to him yeah. like from his perspective i think one is i know but the, the assumption there from you saying that is that the opposite is true for everyone else's opinion but i don't know oh, no, 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 no. i, I, I feel like it's pretty terrible yeah i feel like it's, they're both pretty awful and it's hard to yeah quantify which one's worse uh so then we cut to zang uh, his assistants once again it's like hey this photo of elliot and darlene we need to kill him let's kill him and he's like no 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 uh you know i'm not i'm not letting this project slip out my hands again because he's dead and his, his hat goes away no 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 no. get him bring him in alive i want him to see the full potential of what we're doing and the other line of thing he says is it's time he learned we're on the same side now yeah very interesting now i do i do genuinely think this is kind of a bit of a villainous point of view where you know you hear villains kind of say that a, a lot in movies where they're like hey you know we're really on the same side but they're not re- really right i feel like that it's just that i don't actually think that he's going to prove to elliot that they're really on the same side no um well unless this is like a whole anti-capitalist angle that he's actually got that you know you know all this collecting all the wealth and he's going to really you know destroy the economy and all that sort of stuff that elliot thought he wanted uh, well, thought so he wanted yes yeah, so this would be he yeah, this, is, this would be zang operation under the assumption that elliot still wants this from you know season one days yes which uh, i have no reason to, to to suspect that that he doesn't think that this is the case even, even if he thought if he's like oh elliot thought he went about it the wrong way but he probably still has those goals and i think even in this episode i think there are some lines that indicate he definitely still holds those ideals and and that that, that moral viewpoint even if he you know uh, went about it the wrong way before oh we'll get back to morals don't you worry uh yeah. dom darlene again next um dom you know gets a call from 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 janice and is like hey she's not giving up the brother uh but i did hear her talking earlier we can use her phone to find him and i thought it was weird that dom never mentioned that the first time she phoned her like <laughs> it felt like that was just because she would have known it at that point as well because that happened before she phoned her the first time but whatever yeah uh so and she's like, okay, we'll be there to get the phone. Uh, you, and, you know, and as soon as Dom said the words, we don't need her, I'm like, well, they're going to make you kill her then, aren't they? <laughs> and then, yeah, sure enough, pretty a minute later, she's like, yeah, kill her. And makes a point of threatening her family, saying if you don't kill her, uh, if we have to do it, then we're going to go kill your mom, uh, your whole family. That's the gist of it. So, pretty much. You've got until 3.30. Um... Uh, what I do like as well, this is going back to the track and although I actually think this may have been a zoom rather than a track, uh, it looked maybe a bit more like a zoom to me, which is very rare on on fictional movies and TV. You often use the zoom function on the camera. It's a very documentary thing to do is use the mm. zoom. Uh, but uh, you get a, a slow zoom. I think it was a zoom. I mean, if it, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was just so good and smooth that <laughs> it, just, it looked like a zoom. Uh, but you can usually tell the difference. But it starts doing it to both characters, both their shots on both sides. Because it starts off with they've got a lot of headroom on both sides, as as Mr. Robot often does. Uh, but when it actually goes in closer to both of them, uh, as soon as as soon as she set, tells it to kill her, it starts going in close on both of them whenever it cuts between them uh, mm-hmm. until it's a close-up, an extreme close-up of both. Uh, and there's no headroom anymore. Uh, but again, it's just that realisation for both of them, what's happening in this scene. happening. It's just hitting. The, 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 the truth is closing in on them. It's closing in, yeah. It's always closing in very uncomfortable way might i add mm. uh so yeah so she actually grabs her takes her to the bathroom um darlene's begging for her life saying that she's not she's a good person this is not her uh you don't have to do this and dom you know everyone's very you know r- tension's rising it's rising it's rising music's ticking up ultimately though she doesn't go through with it just hits her on the head knocks her out and yeah. sits down but was it was it this time where, where darlene says you know what you know as she's begging so what if it was your family 
Yeah, yeah, and she's like, yeah, well, it is my family. It is, yeah, it <laughs> is. And then I think that's when Dot has that kind of moment of realisation where she's like, shit, I can't really talk about it from that angle. And that's when she starts... Uh... And again, this is all Darlene's fault. Oh, it is, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And she acknowledges that here. But, uh, you know, it's at that point Darlene switches to, you're, you're a good person, you're better than this, and tries that angle instead. Yeah, uh, and then we go back to Olivia with Elliot. Um and she makes a point. This is where she has the line, you've drugged an addict, my life is over. Again, life is over. Pretty telling line of dialogue, given given what's mm-hmm. about to happen. Um, so, and this is the thing, Elliot gets very defensive. And this was, like, I was really noticing this year. And the, the performance is, the performance here from, uh, obviously, uh, he's always great. Right? Malek's yeah. always great. But, oh, uh, I thought he was really going above and beyond in this scene. Because he... He responds to sort of these accusations of like doing these awful things to her by saying, "Well, you should have thought about that before you worked for them." He starts to deflect and starts to blame her when she clearly doesn't really know much about who she works for. Yeah, he kind of goes at that angle though. She's like, "Well, I didn't know." He's like, "Yeah, you kind of did. You know, it's an offshore bank, and you know, you're paying being paid this much. You must have had an idea." Yeah, but you it's just like, but it's that. not like shady businessmen are coming into your office and like the the like this is just people on accounts phoning in numbers and like yeah. from her, from her perspective, she's got a boring desk job. You know that that's her job basically. She's yeah. on the phone a lot, like pretty much from her perspective, it's just a really dull job with lots of rich people who are you know putting money in their bank accounts and what mm. whatnot. Um, some offshore, sure, but like ultimately, like. As, as far as like people with morals go, like sort of, uh, you know, uh, basically compromising their values, I feel like her cog in the wheel or her, you know, what I mean, her cog in the machine is so minor to the overall system that I, I don't think she has any accountability for anything that's bad that's happening from. Uh, from no, anyone. I get that. I think uh, Elliot's argument here is yes, but you are a a a cog, no matter how small. You know, if you remove that cog, it stops turning, right? Well, not really. They'll just hire someone else. It's a societal problem, is his point. Yes. Not just her specifically. Well, it's not. I mean, you're saying that's his point, but saying societal, though, it goes against his point here, because his point here is that you should have known better and, you know, you're working for these people. But it's, it's like. I don't blame her. Like nothing he says no, here makes no, me think no. she's she's bad for what she's done or taking this job. No, I I, I agree. I think again, no, when I say he's you know his point is it's societal. You know, you can say oh they'll just hire someone else, and he'd be using the exact same argument against that person and every other person. You know, you can go through every person in the world, and he would say the same argument to them until okay, if everyone had had his mindset, then it wouldn't be this problem. That's a bit unrealistic. It very well, maybe. Yeah. So, I mean, the point is, though, is that he is just deflecting and he is just... He's throwing accusations around and he's not, like... He's he's deflecting because he, he knows he's crossed the line. That's kind of a big thing that comes in here in a second. Um, You know, she, she says to him, like, how many people have had to suffer in your pursuit of this goal of, of taking these people down? How many people have you hurt and justified and sort of, you know, whatever. Um, And she basically says she has to go to the bathroom and as soon as she says that i know because as, as soon as she said that i'm like she's got a razor blade in there we saw it we saw the razor blade in the pills like, yeah just as soon as she said that y- y- your heart sinks and you're like oh no and then you know mr robot comes in and starts talking about the sense of dread and you're like yeah okay i get it yeah because we're talking about sense of dread although more 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 importantly though here going back to the idea of, of elliot knowing he's crossed the line uh, you know, he talks about how Elliot, like, like it's it's almost a good thing that he feels that sense of dread because feel because when you when you've crossed the line, you, you know whether you realize you were doing it or didn't, you know when you've crossed the line because you feel awful afterwards and you feel that dread. But the good thing about that is though is that it at least means you still have the line. You still had that line. Like the the worrying part is when you start going past that line and you don't care anymore. Yeah, um, yeah, you've still got a conscience at this point. So. Um, so as much as it's a really sort of a dark story for Elliot and we're really kind of like in a way disappointed that he's he's crossing this path he's going to this dark place there is still kind of the hope that he can kind of come back from it of course yeah, the, the dark ending 
The dark end to this scene, of course, though, is that he hears a thump, runs into the bathroom, and she's lying there with her, her wrist slit. And this is the consequences for what he's done. Um, this is like, as much as we got how vicious it was, what he did, drugging her, and the way he used her, her life against her, this is kind of his wake-up call scene actually have done this, where it's like, hey, this yeah. is what it meant to her. This is what you did to her. Yeah, and, and he doesn't hesitate. He's, he's, you know, grabbing towels immediately off the rack and yeah. you know, he's trying to stop it. And that said, you know, he, he does say sorry in the later scene, but he also doesn't necessarily feel that remorseful in the sense that he still very much, you still have to phone your boss and get this done. You still have to do yeah. it. And and she even calls him out on that apology. She's like, you're not really. Yeah. Because uh, you know, I think sorry you know the the remorse there has to be an admission of well i wouldn't do it again for it to otherwise it just you know feels hollow but the, the fact is as much as he's apologized as much as you know this you know what it led her to do was terrible and he knows that i think he'd still make the same decision again if he if he knew that was how, how it was going to happen yeah not a little bit of real light before she goes to the bathroom and she turns around and says uh you know when we had sex was that like part of the plan or was that a happy accident and ellie just says accident and she kind of almost smiles and says that's sweet um mm. and that's when i really knew she was about to go try and kill herself because it just it yeah. felt it felt like this i don't know latching on to one little bit of happiness or whatever before yeah. she goes it, it really really sad um so yeah uh, and ellie also says she's in denial again he's, he's deflecting he's saying no nah, no nah, this is all in her because she's in denial about who she works for this is all in her um yeah and this is where he has that line about you know um you know, I said I said earlier how uh, Zhang maybe thinks they're on the same side because Elliot still clearly holds those ideals. Um, she kind of she kind of gets to the point where she didn't really have a choice about taking the job because she needed a job, and he's like, "Well, that's the you know," and he's like, "That's the problem. They've created this situation where you don't have a choice. You have to get you know have the job and you know and, and the income." And the irony here, though, is that he's not giving her a choice either. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, and obviously this is a point that's made later but this idea that he is almost becoming as bad as them and his methods of how to achieve his, his goal even if his, his goal is more noble even if you could argue that what he's going to succeed might possibly be worth you know the destination might be worth the the journey essentially uh and it's justified the means is i guess the expression i was going to go for there i just kind of went a different way but you um, just really determined not to say it for whatever reason then gave yeah after. <laughs> so we're back to uh vera and krista and uh, she's tell she's basically just saying here's the diagnosis he's schizophrenic he's this he's that insomniac blah blah she's giving him the medical you know list and he's like no 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 you're giving me the the the, the sidelines I want I want the headlines come on give me the give me the big the things you know I I want the I want the juicy thing that'll let me take him down and. I, well, bit here I really liked uh, is you know she she's talking about why she had to stop seeing him and she was scared of him and all that and he stands up and yells. Uh, you weren't scared of him and shouts out and what i really liked here though is that the music that was playing there was a sort of low synth that was playing uh just cuts immediately as soon as he stands up yeah i uh, i particularly enjoyed the music in in these scenes uh mm. i think it opened with uh i think they were all christmas related actually um for these scenes uh, i don't know about all of them but definitely that opening scene when he tells the christmas tale it's the is that what it is i don't know what, yeah. what it's called but yeah it's a bell carol it's just one of those things. You, you watch Home Alone enough, you, you've you've heard that one. <laughs> I remember having to do that in a choir once. Doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's It's a really versatile Christmas tune because you can actually apply, like in this scene, you can you can apply it to a darker, foreboding scene, and it works. Yeah, I know. Um, the Batman Arkham Origins game used that a I lot. Did, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah. Uh. So. Yeah, so she she says that, and he's like, no, 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 you, you, you didn't this, blah, 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 and Krista basically kind of fights back a little bit and says, look, like you can bully me as much as you want, but just because you had a baseball bat as a kid and beat up the bully, doesn't mean that threatening me is going to work the same way, and he kind of sits down and he's like, and I, I like the performance here because he almost looks kind of upset, like he's, he's, he may even start crying. He's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, you're calling me 
a little bitch and then it just sort of turns and she looks kind of terrified like oh shit it gets sinister doesn't it if i just upset him and he makes a point of asking these two henchmen like hey what did she just call me oh a little bitch like oh yeah you call me a little bitch do you hear that it's like yeah yeah i heard but the funny thing is is he's just he's impressed he's like he's impressed that she somehow did that subtly with you know even though that's not that wasn't her intention her intention was not to call him a little bitch but in a weird roundabout way she kind of has done and he's like, hey, I don't even let my bitch call me a little bitch. And he's impressed. He's like, hey, you you, you pulled that off. <laughs> like, that, that's basically his action. I've got that unhinged, terrifying thing going on right here. Because you just, you don't know quite how he's going to react next and, and what he's going to do. Yeah, you don't really know, like, how he's going to take anything. Like, if it... There's a... There's a lot of people on the show, terrible people, who I kind of understand their mindset, right? Even mm. when they're going to do terrible things... Obviously, that are terrible. I understand what they're thinking, at least in the moment. Yeah, he's, he's this, a, this guy. He's a wild okay. card for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, our boyfriend Jason is at the door, and uh, he kind of like, oh, maybe we should invite him in, and you know, use him to break you. And that's kind of the end of the scene. Uh, we go back to Olivia's place, and she's patched up. Elliot's bandaged her up and stopped the bleeding. And so this is a really interesting detail here we find out. She says, hey, you said that this group were responsible for this particular tragedy. Um, and he's like, yeah. And she's like, my mother died in that tragedy. And he's like, I know. And I think that was the moment where I'm like, so there was something you could have done, an alternate tactic you could have used to try and convince her. You could have played that card. You could have opened with that card. I think it's uh, noble that he did, right? Because, you know, Early on, when he's explaining, you know, the day script before he gives her the, you know, I think it's before she's drinking it anyway. Uh, obviously, he gives her. It it's not away, before but... she's drank because she takes a sip before she even comes in the, the oh, apartment. Okay, so it's but it's before he goes down the the harsh angle. He he's trying to explain, you know, oh, you know, you work for this group, and he does list this, you know, he this does. Incident. But he he could have leaned on it. He could have said, "Hey, they killed your mother," and I mean, hell, he could even relate to it. like, "Hey, they killed my father." Like, <laughs> like he could. No, I get that. I think though there is a. In in terms of convincing someone, there is a smarter thing to, to okay, they come to that conclusion on their own of okay, you know, you know, letting her reach that. Oh sure, but I'm 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 forget about what'll actually work or not. It might have worked, it might not have worked. The point is is there was an avenue to take that wasn't threatening her custody with her son. It wasn't mm -hmm. going down that dark path. There was something he could have done that was different. And I think yeah, it's very right. notable that when he walks out of shot at the end of that little bit, Mr. Robot's just standing where he was behind him. You know, we don't see him before that. He just, when he walks away, we see him standing there. Yeah. And it's a really good moment, but I think that's kind of the, what that moment said to me is like seeing him, it was like, yeah, Mr. Robot was kind of thinking this. Like he was like, we could have oh, went yeah. down this path. I, I love the the the, sh the shot here with his face. It's always, you know, one half, it's always in shadow mm -hmm. uh, and, and one in light. And again, it, it's the duality we've talked about a lot on this show, of course. But the idea that, okay, you know, he's losing himself into the, that darker side as it goes on. But it is worth mentioning, she when she makes the phone call to her boss, it's after this, this little back and forth about her mother dying and being killed by them. Um, so in this moment, even in this moment, despite everything else that's happened, it's that little push that does give her the motivation and the, the, the moment itself to make the phone call. Yeah. And uh, afterwards, Elliot says, I'll make sure there's no trace to your involvement in this. I'll make sure you're your boss. Nothing will come back to you guys or, or be aware that it was you that led to this. And, you know, she doesn't really seem to care. It's like, no, you've, like, I mean, sure, she'll probably care about that in a day when she's had time to, like, calm down and think about it. But, like, right now, she doesn't care about that. Yeah, and I think this is where she, she calls him, the, you know, a monster. You yeah, know? she says, yeah. you know, you say I work for monsters, uh, but you're a monster too. Or you are a monster, but you're the worst yeah. kind because you don't realize you're one. And yeah. that's kind of the theme of the episode. It's been kind of a big theme of the show for a lot. And it goes back again to us speculating about the third personality. And is the third personality, you know, much worse? Is, is it someone who's much vicious? You know, the the scene from episode season one with Angela, then the dream, dream sequence certainly implies it is. Um, mm. Someone who's not scared of Vera as well. That's the other big thing we've got to go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so. It's going to be a big, interesting reveal, I'm sure, in uh, in a couple of episodes' time. Yeah, very intriguing. And as always, like I was, I was sitting watching his face and wondering, like, you know, is the is third personality coming out? But I don't think so because the way Mister Robot kind of like is constantly judging him uh, for his actions, like Mister Robot doesn't know who the third personality is. So yeah. Mister Robot judging anything that we see Elliot do in this episode kind of confirms to me that this was Elliot the whole time. Elliot's went uh, to a dark place. He's not become someone else. I think the key determining factor to to tell us that this is Elliot is that that conversation about you know the, the dread and the guilt 
Yes, that's true. Uh, yeah. This third personality would not have that, uh, by everything we've heard, anyway. Yes, yes. Based on our current information, which admittedly is very little. <laughs> yeah, but I, I do think that is Mr. Robot's angle as well here. I think mm. that's kind of what he's getting at here, is he's kind of maybe trying to figure out if this is Elliot or... Yeah, he, he, he knows it's still so. Elliot. He knows it's still Elliot because it's he's still got a conscience, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, now, so... Uh, so we go back to Vera and Krista, uh, and Vera tells the end of the story. He's like, "No, that wasn't the end of the story." I mean, because you, he says, "Krista, you're the bat," but that's not the end of uh, end of the story. It's uh, the, the 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 little bitch, as we're going to call the, the kid, uh, showed up in the hospital where the bully is, and the bully was worried that he was there to finish him off, but he just says, "I see you now," and he's there for him, and no one else would come to him. You know, no one came to visit him, but he did. The little bitch did. And from that day forth, the little bitch essentially, uh, the word he uses is owned uh, the bully. Uh, the idea that he, the bully is now loyal to him forever. Um, yeah. And he's earned, uh, respects maybe not the, the right word, but certainly earned his uh, loyalty. But, um, and it's, it's like, okay, that's what he wants from Elliot. He wants Elliot to be broken so he can build him back up. He wants to hit him so hard with something, uh, not physically necessarily, but something where he can be his saviour and then have him on his side forever. So yeah, he can be the one that Elliot leans on to get through it and it, and then, you know, will do whatever he asks. And it's when he threatens uh, her boyfriend, making a point of saying, hey, I know where he lives, I know, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he takes out the gag and she's very scared. And he, you know, he leans in and she says, go to this filing cabinet in my office. You'll find this file from this date. And I actually was expecting her to say it a little bit sooner, but ultimately what she said is what I was expecting. Because he's like, what will I find? And she just says, Mr. Robot. And that's ultimately where this was going, right? It was Vera yeah. was going to find out about him having more than one personality. That that's was where this was leading to the whole time. Yeah, and it's it's Vera presumably going to try and like play them off each other? I Maybe. Uh, you know, and... So that, that's basically it. She's like, that's how you'll break him. You'll break him with Mr. Robot, whatever that means. Of course, she, I mean, she doesn't necessarily know. I mean, I know Elliot briefly mentioned to her on the street, but like, she doesn't necessarily know the extent of what their relationship is right now, you know, because they are yeah. closer. They're working together. They're. Yeah, you know. I, I think, you know, for, in the street, it felt like maybe she got an idea that, okay, there was a bit of acceptance there that, you know, but not the the codependent relationship of actually working together that it is. So uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see what angle he takes to try and split them apart and you know get Elliot on his own essentially. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, it's a really solid scene. Uh, it built up really nicely, and uh, even though the culmination was obvious where it was going, it's still like in fact there's a really good I noted down there's a good, good there's a big music sting when she says it. It says you'll find Mister Robot. Ding! Like it's like a synthetic yeah. sting. Uh, I thought it was really good. So, um, you know, fun stuff. And then we go to Dom and Darlene. Darlene wakes up. Uh, she tries to connect to Dom by saying that she, her, their night together meant something to her. It was nice, you know, blah, blah. And, um, and you don't know how much she means this or how much she's just, you know, saying whatever she can. I don't think she means it. If I was to, if I was to uh, say. That's fair, but I, I think it's unclear. Like, you know, there's a, mm. there is an element of doubt, I think. So... Yeah, um, Dom eventually essentially has a plan where she's like, okay, if they show up and like you're not dead and I'm still here, they're going to kill my family, so kill me. And Dom is willing to sacrifice herself. It's like, because it's worth mentioning uh, when she was trying to convince her before, uh, Darlene, she does say to her at one point, we have a plan to take down the Dark Army, it's happening tonight, you can help us, kind of thing. And Dom says, not enough time, I need to kill you by 3 30. <laughs> <laughs> which is true and i was actually wondering in my head how they're going to get out of this 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 like dead end like how did they get out of this 330 deadline for killing her uh, which they do successfully uh because of course the reason why they, do, they want darlene dead is because they've got the phone and of course darlene slyly wipes the phone uh when janice walks in because they get caught basically she walks in with her two henchmen catches them as uh you know, Dom's like begging her to shoot her and she's holding the gun up against her chest. Yeah, and the, the bang of the door is, you, you know, there's a second where you're supposed to go, was that the gunshot? Yeah. Um, and very menacingly shot, you know, it's very low down, you know, low angle looking up at Janice. 
Um, she walks in like Darth Vader flanked by stormtroopers. <laughs> she, she does, actually. Uh, she looked very menacing at one point. She said something like, oh, this is very surprising. And she's, she has these like big eyes. Her eyes are almost bulging mm-hmm. out of her head. It's very creepy. Uh, and, you know, she she says that hey dom we're going to kill you because you're still useful but this is going to be very painful implying that they might go after a family now because of this i see that's the thing i don't know because if they go after the family that they've lost the, the they've lost all their leverage well what, one of the family what have they got on it? well i mean just sure they can kill her mom her dad's still there to be killed i mean sure i guess classic tactics yeah okay you know? i can't argue that i guess um so, yeah, phone's wiped, which neatly ties up the idea that they have to kill Darlene because now they need her. They need her to find them. So, yep. uh, there you go. Uh, and then we come back to Elliot uh, in the street. Krista calls him. It's a very interestingly edited piece here because it kind of like overlaps a lot of her lines. Uh, so, it, it, I mean, it condenses, obviously, but it kind of gives it this frantic kind of feeling. And she's, he's like, and he's like, hey, I, I'm glad you, you called, but I, I'm kind of busy. Can I call you tomorrow? You know? And she's like, uh, Vera came to see me. <laughs> He's very interesting. You, I try not to tell him stuff, but he was kind of persuasive. And obviously, I'm I'm thinking during this this conversation, like, has she been made to make this phone call? Is she forced to do this? I yeah, I can see this going either way. Yeah. Well, given the fact that the episode ends with Elliot getting grabbed, uh, it makes me think that maybe it was that, like, you know, they yeah. they wanted to walk, they wanted to know where he was walking to, so they could intercept him. Mm, that makes S- sense. Simple I really love how he gets grabbed. You know, Mr. Robot's narrating. It, uh, and yeah. it cuts off in the middle of a sentence. Yeah, it cuts him off. Yeah, he's making this grand speech. And I think the motivations here are really interesting because it's this idea, and Mr. Robot kind of like points this out, is that he almost needs to try and redeem himself for what he'd just done because he knew he crossed the line. So the idea of saving, because you know, Mr. Robot says Vera just wouldn't let her go, which again implies that she's been forced to make this call. Mm. Um, even they were kind of aware of that possibility. And he's like, I know. But basically, you know, the implication being we have to do something. We have to save her. So the idea that he has to do this heroic act to redeem himself, to atone for, for the, the other step that he's taken. And not, not 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 to mention the fact that he does care about Krista. That that's someone he, oh, course, he does care yeah. about. So, I think, though, if this had been a day earlier, he might have just gone, well, you know, she's not important to the plan. And that's more important right now. So we'll leave her. I think yeah. there is a possibility that without that driving guilt of what he'd just done, uh, he doesn't make this decision to go and, you know, play the hero. I'm not willing to say that for sure. I, I think no, I'm, it, not, I'm not saying yeah. for sure either, but I think it's possible. Yeah. I think uh, I think it's possible that he's like, no, 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 the plan's on such a tight time frame. We have to do this. This is more important. Uh, you know, we we can leave her for a day and hope for the best. Um, but I mean, it, it it didn't happen that way. So yeah, it, it's, it's only relevant in the sense that he is definitely driven by the guilt. Yeah, these episodes are going far too quickly. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll say that much. They really are far too quickly. Uh, yeah. Cannot wait uh, for episode seven. Uh, but next next week's the middle episode. Um, yeah. So yeah. I'll I'll say for sure. I, I definitely don't think we're getting this Deus meeting next episode. There's at least one more before I agree. we get to that. I think we've probably got this. It'll be a mostly Vera episode. Yeah, I'll be dealing with things. I think it'll be yeah. We'll still have Dar- yeah, Darlene and Dom's side or whatever they're doing with uh, Janice. But yeah, uh, yeah for, in terms of Elliot's plot, it's going to be about uh, yeah. Krista and Vera and dealing with that. Yeah. Just uh, before we wrap up, we obviously we spoke a lot about how the, the acting and the delivery and the direction. Yes. Um, but we should give a shout out to Amelia Gray who wrote the episode because uh, you know this one was not written by Esmail. Uh, I think the dialogue is you know uh, top notch in this episode especially. Because um, a lot of it hinges on these key conversations, like between Elliot. There's a lot. There's a lot of very good telling lines, and what I think is really impressive is a lot of them where I could actually predict what the lines were going to be. Like I said, I, I knew she was going to say Mister Robot when he said, "You know what will I find?" Um, you know when uh, Olivia said, "You say I work with monsters." I knew her next line was going to be, "But you are one." Like I knew that was going to be the line. But it's not predictable in a bad way. It's, yeah. it's predictable because it's such a, a well set up line that it's of course this is what follows it. Yeah, it just makes sense. So yeah, no, uh, no, I agree. No, dialogue was 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 on point. Uh, performance was on point. Direction was on point. Um, bizarrely, I mean, this might be one of the lesser exciting episodes of the season, just because it is a sit down and talky episode. But I mean, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a it's an important episode 
for Elliot in terms of you know the the, the character model of what he did. Um, but it's definitely one of the least flashy and exciting episodes on the surface. Um, mm-hmm. st- still extremely enjoyable hour of TV. Don't get me wrong, it's great. Yep. Uh, so episode seven next week. And we we can look forward to that. Um, and you know it's just funny because when it started and it was already like getting close to Christmas, and then I think by episode three where it's already Christmas Eve, I was like, oh man, we're going to be past Christmas before the end of the season. But it's it's moving at such a small chunk per episode now. We're, we're barely going to touch the New Year's. It, it may still be Christmas <laughs> by the time we get to episode ten at this rate. Yeah. So. Uh, that is cool, especially if I end up getting a tree in the background. So it means that it'll be in, it's in, in I've tone. A, I got, I've got a tiny little uh, tree somewhere. <laughs> you could put a tiny tree in the background. Maybe, if I can be bothered to find it. Yeah. Here are just some Christmas lights around the bookshelves. Maybe it would be festive enough. Do you know what? We have that out in the front room because we have some shelves out there as well. Mm. Um, so we have like some, some Christmas lights around there that... Kind of just leave them up, type because you can't, you know, you don't really see them that when they're off. But we only turn them on at Christmas time. So lazy. <laughs> they're, ta- they're taped around the edge, and it's like, yeah, do I really want to take them down to put them back up? When you could just just leave them off and not notice them. Mm. All right, that has been episode six of Mr. Robot. Thank you very much for joining us. You can, of course, let us know in the comments what you think of the episode. Give us your theories, your thoughts. Uh, you can, of course, uh, ding the bell on YouTube for the, uh, to make sure you get notifications. And you can get us on the Twitters at mail underscore fudge for channel updates. If you want to support everything we do, apart from the stuff that I already mentioned there, you can get us over at patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. We can support us for as little as $1 per month, and you get some bonuses, you get outtakes from various things, you get bonus episodes of various movie podcasts we do, um, as well as other stuff at the higher tiers. And you, you get all that and you can also support us uh, in a free way by rating us on the podcast app that you use most people use apple podcasts give us five stars maybe a little review and that'll you know help more people find us in the future so you can do that too uh but that is uh that's been mr robot um and like i say check out the stuff we're doing I, me and tara have been reviewing Watchmen every week so look out for the next episode of that in the next day or so uh, you can also check out i mean that's still a really big tv show right now but i mean soon we have the Mandalorian this week, the pilot. So you yeah. can see me and, and obviously earlier we mentioned, you know, we've got the expanse coming in December and some mm-hmm. other Netflix shows coming, you know, late late December. So stick around. Yes, Witcher and Lost in Space Season Two and other things. So that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching TV guys. Have you got any vanilla?